City have another chance. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Lions Block Podcast. This is your host, Gavin, and we are back. We missed a week, a very important week, a two-game match week, unfortunately. So we have three games to go over with you today, as well as a preview for Wednesday's massive matchup in the CONCACAF Champions League. But before we get started, I have to, of course, introduce my co-host tonight, and that is Adam. Adam, how you doing tonight, my friend? Good. Uh, got back from Portland yesterday. I don't know if I told you that. Um, but yeah, that was, so had a really fun trip there. That That's why I couldn't record last week. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, but I heard great things about Portland, and I also heard that it's going to be a tax write-off. Because you're doing it for business purposes. Yes. Wink, wink. Business nudge, business. nudge. Oh, it, was, it was a great trip. I had a lot of fun. Hopefully no one from the IRS is listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are, mind your business. Yeah, mind your business. Uh, all right, let's get into the business of the podcast, and that is, of course, Orlando City. And let's just do some quick recap of some of the games last week. So Cincinnati, we'll just start there. Makes the most sense to start there. A 0-0 draw at home against a team that uh, many are predicting to be up there in um, the Supporter Shield rankings. Maybe not uh, the Supporter Shield winners, but could be within that top five group. And if they have an amazing season, they uh, they push on and, and potentially are a uh, challenger there. So that's the prediction, at least. And then we got to see the actual Cincinnati. And I got to say, I felt we were lucky to get the draw just based on the performance and based on the chances for either side. Cincinnati just didn't really have on their shooting boots. Uh, but how did you feel about the uh, the match uh, last weekend? Yeah, it was definitely one of those uh, games that Galese kind of stole for us. Um, obviously, we didn't get the win because we couldn't score. Uh, but it was, I think the most significant thing was the heavy rotation and the ability to show that scrappy, like anything to get a point mentality is still very much in effect with this year's team as it has been with pretty much every Pareja team. Um, and, you know, uh, getting a draw against a good team, heavily rotated, and to be able to pull off that rotation and get everyone the appropriate rest, I think that was a very successful game for Orlando City, even though we didn't get the three points. I also thought that Abby Salim had a decent game for a rookie making his first start. Yep. Uh, that was encouraging, and you know, um, Dagger Don showed some class. Uh, so there were there were some encouraging things, but obviously the attack still looked out of sync with a heavily rotated lineup. Gaston Gonzalez looked like a player who hadn't played soccer in a year, making his first start. Yeah. Um, you know, talented but extremely rusty. Uh, kind of is what it is. And I don't think we necessarily expected too much when that lineup came out. To, so to be able to get a point off a good team who, you know, a, a very glassy assisted point, but, you know, he is still part of the team. Um, it, it was a more net positive than negative. We'll probably hit on Glassy a little bit more later on, but I, I feel like almost all of our points this season can be attributed to him, right? Or all of our all of our results can be yeah, attributed to him. Uh, he's earned that new contract. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And, um, uh, let, let's let's get get out ahead ahead of something here. Yes, Galese is awesome. You don't make goal goalkeepers DPs. You do not no. do it. No. So for anyone listening, I don't want any questions. Should should we have made Galese a DP? No, we're very very thankful to have him on the contract that we have. Yeah. Uh, that- but he needs, uh, and, and we're going to see coming up the season, he's going to need some goal support. And uh, that's where your DPs come in is getting that goal support. If his agent was smart, they would have put like a save bonus in there. Like every save he makes, he gets like a thousand dollars or something. <laughs> yeah. That um, he'd be a DP by the end of the season. Yeah. He'd be a DP by the end of the season. We'd be screwed yeah. in compliant. But um, yeah. So if Miami I got to say, yeah, right. Um, I got to say, with um, the Cincinnati match, I was very, very uh, surprised to see that heavy of rotation going in. It was kind of a shock to me. And I think it's just because the way I would approach these games is maybe some lighter rotation and then some really early subs, which we got the heavy rotation as well as the early subs. Um but I think I was just really surprised. So were you surprised to see the level of rotation that we we did with um, Cincinnati before the, the Tigres match? No, I wasn't that surprised. I actually agree with the rotation. I thought it was very proactive in terms of the schedule congestion coming up is extremely heavy. And we saw what a deep CCL run did to Seattle last year. Uh, we got four competitions a season. We have MLS, we have Open Cup, we have CCL, we have Leagues Cup, uh, and then potentially MLS Cup playoffs that you will have to be healthy and informed for, or else you have no shot in those. So, yes, it kind of sucks to rotate early like this. You are going to drop some points. Our full starting lineup probably beats DC um, and maybe beats Cincinnati and probably beats Cincinnati with the performance glass they had. but kind of trading, and and we'll talk about Tigres next. Trading, you know, these, you know, let's say four points we traded for the shot to beat Tigres, and you know, potentially make the biggest cup run and win the biggest trophy available to us, uh, other than Club World Cup, which is no shot for really any MLS team. Um, but basically, have a shot at winning the biggest trophy available to us i would say that trading some early points is worth it keeping your guys fresh and then potentially making up those points down the road when some other uh contenders like say maybe philadelphia um are have not rotated as much and are you know feeling the effects or if we get knocked out by tigris you know i think it's worth it yeah you speak of philadelphia there i mean they it, it it is based on the draw as well. They were able to go heavy in MLS and rotate for the first CCL tie and get a zero zero away from home and bring their CCL tie um, back home um, at zero zero. But they, they just they rotate the opposite because they had a yes they will they match. just had a weaker team so. You know, that's just the way the, the, the draw worked for us. So it is what it is. Um, let's get into this the Tigres match. Uh, we went full strength. 
which um, saw Enrique get the start over Kara. Uh, were you surprised to see that when the lineups came out? A little bit, I was. Uh, I agree with it, but I didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. We're going to find out a lot about where Urchan Kara stands on Wednesday night. Because if he's not in the lineup on Wednesday night, that's a benching. That's just a good old-fashioned benching. Because he's been on the bench, right? Like yeah, It's not he's, like he's injured. He's not on the injury report. No, he's, he's held. Uh, the only person on the... There's no one on the... Uh, Fabian Loyal is on the injury report. That's yeah. it. Yeah, so that you're right. That is that would be a good old fashioned benching. And you know we saw why in the first game he was completely ineffective. Mirenrique immediately came in and changed the game when the second he stepped on the pitch. I it's, mean, same with the Cincinnati match as well. It's so hard to argue with results like that. Yeah. Um. All right. Give me your give me your high level thoughts on the. The way the Tigres match played out, obviously Tigres are just yeah. a step above. Um, I don't think that was a surprise to anybody, uh, but maybe the biggest surprise is that we came out of it without losing the match. Yeah, I, it was going to be defend and counter the entire way. I don't think we really got our licks in on the counter, but we, we did pretty decent on the defense aspect. Glesse eight saves. You know, he's been saving our ass all season. He was going to need to have a big night. Ended up having the best night of any keeper in CCL uh, in the in the first round of games. Um, I thought an underrated player for us was Rodrigo Schlegel. So obviously their uh, Tigres big player is Andre Pierzyniak. Schlegel was in his head the entire game and almost got him red card. It was very close to getting him red card. Ended up being downgraded to yellow. Rightfully so. It was not a. I don't think it deserved to be a red. But yeah, Schlegel almost single-handedly took him out of the game. And it's not like he didn't have his danger moments because he did. But he just seemed a little off, didn't you think? Like, not as sharp as we expected from a player of that caliber. Yeah, I mean, there's a million different things that could play into it. Some, you know, some strikers just can have an off night, that sort of thing. I mean, on the flip side, you could, you could, you should expect uh, Martin Ojeda to to bury the chance he got on the right side at the top of the box. Just didn't happen for him. Yeah. Um. So, th- so those th- sort of things happen in every single match. Players miss chances, but I will agree. Schlegel was definitely in his head and uh, very nearly got him sent off. And then we're not even have to worry about Gignac on Wednesday night. Because he didn't get vaccinated and he is not coming to the United States. Allegedly, right? That's not Allegedly. confirmed. That That's is the story, the but yeah. that is the story a lot of people are repeating. Yeah, so um, that's a big, big boost. No matter what you know, the reason is that he's not traveling. Um, he's not traveling. That's the story. That's the expectation. And so if he does not end up traveling... But that's a huge boost for our chances because he is their their biggest danger man. They've got a lot of them, but uh, he is definitely their biggest one. So um, I guess we're kind of stepping into the preview section of the, the Tigris match for Wednesday. Uh, let's just stick with it. Who would you start for for Wednesday's matchup against Tigris? I think you got to go with the same lineup, right? I, I They've earned it. You know, standing up to Tigres like that. Um, 
getting that very tough result in Monterey. I, you know, so it would be Enrique Torres Ojeda, Mauricio Arujo, um, Angulo, uh, and then Halliday, Petrasso, Schlegel, and Janssen, and obviously the last eight keeper. Um, yeah, I think they've earned it. At least they're the lineup that has played most together as the first team and seems to have the best looking chemistry. I don't know. We have much of it with any lineup, but I think that's the best attacking. The attack has looked has been when uh, Ramiro Enrique, Martino Hayden, and Fabio Torres have gotten to play together. Um, I don't see any other options really at the moment. And maybe if you want to throw Duncan McGuire in there, just for being the only one to have scored in the run of play, but I don't, or yeah, I don't, I don't see anything. I don't think you can start AC just cold against Tigris. No. Yeah. Um, I agree. I would start the same exact lineup. We started against them, not only just because they earned it, but also because they have that experience now of playing against them. The, you, you know, they played against them for at, at least a half before some of them get subbed off, but they have that experience. They, they were making tackles. They were running alongside them. They were, they were feeling the the pressure of the game when, when Tigres was pressing us and it took us a while to kind of get into the match. And then in the second half, you know, they had that, that on those onslaught of chances and it felt like a goal was coming and it just never came. And that's because we kind of, we kind of worked our way through the onslaught and we started having some chances of our own. Um, I will say I thought Pereja managed that game well. Uh, from a management perspective, he made changes uh, pretty quickly when things weren't going our way uh, tactically and on um, and with using substitutes. And just, I think having that experience of playing against Tigres um, from the start will maybe help us be a little bit more competitive um, right out the gate. So... I think that's another reason to, to just start the same lineup. And we did actually have a question um, about Antonio Carlos. Now that you bring that up, let me go find it real quick. Um, let's see here. I thought we had a question about Antonio Carlos. Okay, here it is from at one miso. What one M I S S O Misael Rosa. Uh, does Antonio Carlos not playing versus DC indicate he starts versus Tigres? I, I would say no. I think that no. indicates he's not ready to play. Yeah, it, it, I think if if um he was going to start against Tigres, we would have seen at least forty five out of him versus DC. You cannot throw him cold into that Tigers cage. Usually it's a Lions den, but you cannot you <laughs> cannot throw him cold against that team. Cannot do it. It's got to be Schlegel. And Schlegel held up pretty well. Yeah. Not, I mean, not necessarily Schle- against DC. He got burned a few times against DC, but uh, he, he held up pretty well against T- Tigris. He's got a moment in him each match, but yeah. Um, definitely he held up. He, he held his own. So. And then uh, the other question from Misael was should we go with Enrique or Maguire versus Torres? Yeah, um, 
I think it would be Romero Enrique. He's a, a little more got a little better pedigree as a player. Um, he's got a little more class to him, I think, with uh, his dribbling ability, uh, which I think this game will probably be won if it is won by us by a moment of brilliance. And I think Enrique might have that a little more in him than Maguire. And so that's, I think, who I would go with. What, what do you think? I'm going back and forth on this because you make a good point. Like, I, we're going to be clearing the ball a lot still, even though we're going to be home. We're going to be on the back foot. And like, which of those two options? For me, Kara's off the table. Yeah. I'm but sorry. Where is the better option as far as aerial duels and all that? Obviously. Yeah, that's where I was that going. doesn't mean Mir Enrique's bad at them. For as yeah, small of a not. person as he is, he can jump, he's tough as nails, and he has the willingness to compete for every ball. So I don't necessarily think we're losing everything. And he's faster than Maguire, so um, maybe he won't win all the 50-50s the same, but he can chase after a ball better. That's true. I, I think I'm leaning... Either way, I, I want them to split the match. and Maybe not like 45-45, but I want that to be the sub. You know, get those fresh legs on either Maguire for Enrique or Enrique see, for Maguire. I can see Maguire coming on late because we do need to score. Well, if it's 0-0, then it goes to penalties. Um, if it's 1-1, Tigris advances. So right. we do need to have goals in this game. Um, I could see Maguire coming on as the sub at like 65. A, to get fresh legs, and B, because at that point we could be just going long ball and trying to get, you know, something to mounts our way, which he is the better player for that. Yeah. I, I, so I think you stick. Yeah, I think I'm, after talking through it with you, I think I'm leaning start with Enrique and then go to Ing- Maguire. I almost said Inguire. Um, Perfect. Okay, so then let's um, move into DC United match. 1-1. One, one. Uh, we just can't seem to be a Wayne Rooney-led DC United, unfortunately. Um, before we get too into the nitty-gritty, uh, what are your overall thoughts on the match? I hate Wayne Rooney. Oh, I can't stand him. Yeah, we've never beaten him as a player or manager. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, this team was bottom feeders last year. Garbage. Literal wooden spoon winners. They're not good. And we lose both games against them. Ugh. Uh, Classic Orlando. Oh, my God. I mean, Benteke's obviously going to win every single 50-50 in the box. And I think we did a good good job not letting him score. It did take a Golasso from, from Durkin to be... Uh, to get them on the score sheet. Um, you know, I thought I thought Dagradon had a really good game. I thought Duncan McGuire had a really good game. Um, Gillespie did. He actually got a fingertip on the goal they scored. It was just hit too well. Um, Ridiculous you know, strike. It really was. Um, Arujo got burned on that, though. Mm-hmm. And Schlegel with the clearance. That was not good defense. Like, if either one of them does their job on defense, they don't score. Oh. Yeah, plus, I mean, it's still an amazing shot, though. It is an amazing shot. It took took two defensive failures plus that strike for them to score on us. Um, yeah. 
as as a coach too much to say about the game again it's the heavily rotated side it's a bunch of new players uh santos first start um yeah Uh, santos is kind of exactly what we thought in that he's decent going forward but needs some help uh on the defensive end to say the least obviously had a rough game against Minteki. he it was classic you know european veteran schooling the the rookie in his second start and he got pulled at halftime kind of justifiably yeah not a great look for salim but understandable um you brought up uh santush let's start there um first minutes as an orlando city player right he didn't even play he hasn't played any games that was his first appearance so i wonder if he was just feeling something a little bit and this was his first time available a little bit Um, he didn't come into the team until i think the week before the season um uh, so he has not had the time to you know learn the system in jail with everyone that everyone else has, even though like the chemistry looks rough in some parts of the team, Santos had even less than um, say Luca Petrasso. So it's understandable right. that he's not, you know, shifting correctly on defense all the time. There's one particular play where he got burned by Juan and he was like, no, that was offside. And like, nah, dude, you just didn't move. Right. Yeah. Um, you just let him run by you, buddy. Yeah. Like, he does that, and uh, you need to expect it. So there's he is in the adjustment period right now. He's big and fast. He's got some on-ball ability. There's a player in there somewhere. I do not know if it's going to come out, but I hope it does. I think it's at left wing back. I think that's the, the position. Which I know yes. is where he was at this match. That is um, where he was at. I I, I, I wouldn't Still trust him at left back. Still need to be able to defend. Like, Gaston Gonzalez is a better defender at this point. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Defense, not great. Offense, looks decent. Decent touch, decent passing ability. Um he hasn't like whipped in a beautiful cross, but we've seen some clips of him having that ability. So it's certainly in his locker. Uh, but it's a, it's an interesting uh, first cameo for him, um, first performance, and excited to see more. Um, I think Petrasso is clearly first choice right now. We literally have no notes on him each game just because he's he hasn't had anything to talk about. <laughs> he's just been That's solid. It. Petrasso, even though he's not the best going forward, is a rock solid defender. Yeah, he's he's literally just like no notes, just like okay, Petrasso existed on that left hand side, which yeah. I want my defenders Speaking like that. Of fullbacks and crossing though a little bit, did you see the cross that Kyle Smith had on the goal? I did. Did that you? That was a nice cross. Yeah, that was a nice cross. I I saw some people say that they felt he overhit it and it was a bad cross. I think it no, went it exactly where he. Yeah, I think that's exactly where he wanted it to go, and yeah. just McGuire jumping for it made it look McGuire like he overhit wasn't it. Wasn't in position when Smith hit the cross. 
Right. Yeah. He was it, in the middle of making a run, but he wasn't in a scoring position. He yeah. he had he was like by two defenders. It needed to go all the way through to, I mean, probably he intended for for Dogger Don just to kind of hit and make something happen. And it, he he had the nice head back to to McGuire. Um, but yeah, Dogger Don was the target there. Yeah, it was a very nice cross from Kyle Smith. Uh, picked his head up, had some space. Picked his target and leads to our uh, our first open play goal of the season, um, which was which was very good to see. Um, oh, also, uh, I have to say something. Uh, since yes, we're talking about that goal. Isn't it nice to finally have a Mauricio Pereira backup? It is, and um, I, I guess we can get into that because I I think after three years, I of us think screaming for someone, right. Same with the two left back situation. Jerome mm-hmm. <laughs> Moutinho or Kyle Smith. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. I was going to say, I think w- there is every possibility that by the end of the season, Pereira is not a locked in starter, first name on the team sheet type of guy. I think there is every possibility that Duggar Don plays his way into starting minutes, not not starting each match, like almost like it could go either way. Maybe like Angulo versus Gonzalez instead yes. of it's Pereira. He's the he's the locked in starter. I think by the end of the season we could see that with Dogger Don just based on his first few performances. Yes and no. I the only trepidation I have there, and ev- everyone who's listened knows that I am a huge Dogger Don fan. Um, Pereira is still the captain. Captain generally starts. Um, yeah. He is still certainly quality in MLS. You can have Dugger Don and Prayer on the field at the same time if we wanted to go with a say a more traditional 4-3-3 um, and not do the, the back five, then you could certainly put him on the field at the same time. I agree with you that Dugger Don will have minutes and start more games than people might think he will. Uh, especially towards the end of the season. I don't necessarily know that it's going to come at Prayer's expense this year. Maybe next year, Prayer's another year older. Last year of his contract is maybe more okay with being sort of a super sub or you know, more of the, the veteran team leader, not the every game starter. But as far as this year, I kind of can't see Prayer giving that spot up just yet. I mean, yeah, fair. That's a good point. Captain C definitely plays a role what I in, have really in on-field liked, selection. What I have really liked is how the midfield plays when Pereira and Thorosin are together. When we yeah. played that 4-3-3 style, with Car- it's been Cartagena, uh, Pereira, Thorosin is, is, is how we've seen it. I think that midfield has played very well. You can sub in Araujo there. It works the same um, with the double eights, and they kind of take turns being that eight slash 10 going forward. And I think that makes our attack more variable. And it's been one of the few things that I thought has worked well when we've been able to have sustained possession. That's generally been the reason because if it's not working on one side, the switch to the other side isn't less effective. Our team for a long time now, I feel has been very good at getting the ball to the final third. And I think having Pereira and Dogger Don on the pitch at the same time, like you're talking about, is um, two players in that midfield area who excel at that. 
Dogrodon seems to be um, carrying the ball into the final third, and Pereira helps find those passes into the final third. Um, and I think it's important to have both of those abilities in your midfield. Um, and I think Dogger Don brings that the uh, literally carries that into the team <laughs> when he plays. Um, and so our problem now, the problem we've been faced with offensively is we can't get the final action. And we've had that problem for a while now. And so let's let's shift into the offensive discussion. Right. It, it's a big one. Yes. One open play goal. In four games, that's that. That's the, the stat. Kyle Smith to Dogger Don to Duncan <laughs> McGuire, just like every, just like everyone guessed our first open play goal would be. I know, right? Um, just how you drew it up. But some other stats that are quite telling: we have one big chance created this season in MLS out of the three games we've played. Um, I'm not sure yeah, which one. I'm guessing that was the McGuire goal because most that likely those tap- happened. Yeah, um, which is tied for last in the league with Miami, LAFC, but LAFC have only played one game, and LA Galaxy, who have played two games and have looked terrible in both of them. So we have one big chance created. The other point that I want to bring up about the offense, and this is another stat, is it's almost like it's defensive, but it's offense. And that is possession one in the final third. We are last place in possession one in the final third in the entire league. Possession one in the final league. Oh, my Lord. Possession one in the final third per game. It is 1.3 times per game. We've done that. Second to last place is, I believe, Montreal. And they're at 2.7 times per game. So we are way, way, way last. Yeah, it's horrible. So we're not winning the ball in the final third. We're not pressing. So we have to travel a really long way to get the ball in the final third. And that affects your attacking. I mean, sometimes the easiest way to score is to win the ball up there. An (laughs) explanation for that is we have played with Erchan Carr for two games. Yeah, and without a striker for significant periods of time in our rotated games, which that that neuters your press. You it, it press isn't going to work like that. Uh, like I don't know, and and because of the chemistry and because of you know the way things have been so far, the the press has appeared so disjointed, which is uncharacteristic of an Oscar Pereja team. I have to assume that changes at least. I think. I mean, hopefully some of that is also could also be just um, having the, the really tight schedule, right? Like you're not going to ask your players to, to press heavily when, you know, you've got these that too. Match, 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 four matches and in two weeks. Faku Torres and Martino Hanna, other than the Red Bulls match, have not played together, I don't think, since then, other than Tigres, but that's not MLS. I don't think they've played together in, in MLS since the, the Red Bulls match. I think that's correct, because so, they've swapped. Like, there's, 
tangible reasons for the front line having looked like dog shit so far. Um, and they, and they have, <laughs> and they have, um, but we haven't seen what is supposed to be the fine, the finished product there yet. I'm willing to have some patience. Of course, I would like to see a little more progress and I am a little worried at this point. Um, but I, I can, uh, I can afford mentally to give them a couple more weeks to figure it out. Yeah, I, I think, I think right now we're just in that weird spot that we've never experienced before of MLS team and CCL. Every team in MLS that plays in CCL struggles to to combine both, to handle both. Even Philadelphia last year, who were uh, the, the better team than LAFC, but just since it wasn't goal difference and it was wins as the tiebreaker, that's the only reason LAFC won the Supporter Shield, right? Even, even that Philadelphia team um, struggled when CCL was uh, being balanced there. So it, it's just one of those things that we don't have experience doing, and it's just, I don't know, it, it, it just causes MLS teams to struggle because of how early in the season it is. And, and how, you know, in MLS, they're, they're not going to stop the matches. They're not going to suspend the matches. You just kind of have to deal with it and, and play the matches. And, you know, I, I personally would have rotated a little bit less in the MLS matches and then done the early subs, like I said earlier, but you know what, to each their own. And, and we are playing literally the best team in the competition. So you know, I kind of understand it. So, so here's sort of thing. one thing that worries me slightly that I don't know if is getting solved. Um, so Faku and Ojeda, I think, have both been not had a lot of space to work with. And when they do touch the ball, it's it's been, you know, two, three guys immediately on them and they've had to get rid of it. They neither one has had a major impact on games so far. Um I think that last year, Faku had a lot more space to work with Urso and Juan on his side making runs and distracting defenders so he could cut underneath and invert. Um, Halliday's doing that a little bit this year. No one's doing that for midfield that plays with Torres. Um, Dogger Don think, would do that. Dogger Don, but he's not, he's not, he's a, not a starter. A first yeah. choice guy right now. Um, that to me, needs to be fixed. I think that depending on the system we play, right, someone needs to have the established, when you see Faku start running, you go here. Right? Whether it, Halliday needs to overlap more. And I, it, someone, Pereira, you know, uh, Ojeda needs to swap with him, something. When needs to allow Faku to invert and become uncovered when he inverts because that's when he's the most dangerous and consistently has been his entire time here. Um, so we need to get him more full head of steam on an inverted run in order for him to have success. And in turn, that's going to draw defenders when, when they see him start to do that and open up space for Martino Heda to attack. Um, they need to play together, and I think we need to see a lot more off-ball movement to open up our most dangerous players. Yep, yeah, I agree with all of that. 
And then I will stick to the point about the the pressing, right? The the extremely low number of possession one in the final third. You do bring up a good point about Kara, and that was one of my big my big talking points about why I don't think he should be our, our starting striker. I just winning the ball in the final third leads to chances because there is there is that space there when you win it because they're in their possession mode. They have stretched a bit. There is less players back. When you win the ball in your in your defensive third, you have to travel the entire length of the pitch and that that takes time and that allows the defense time to to get back. And so it, that's probably another reason why Faku and Ojeda don't have as much space as maybe we were used to last season with Faku. Because when we when 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 we're getting the ball back, the other team can get back into their defensive set shape pretty quickly. And then we have to go through them, and that's where it gets congested for Faku and Ojeda. So whatever the case may be, whatever whatever um is contributing to it, it's not working. And I, I think now we're we're four matches in, we have two goals. It's time to to examine, I think, why it isn't working. The the, the club need to examine it and, and try to make some slight changes. Um, you know, maybe maybe Tigres isn't the right time to make changes, but I think after this match against Tigres, uh, we're what home against Charlotte. There, you have to try something new. Uh, they yes. have been terrible this season. Atlanta walked through them. And if Atlanta can do that, we're very capable of doing that as well. Yeah, we uh, we need to be beating Charlotte. That that I don't want to say it's a must win. Nothing is a must win this early, but it's a it'd be nice to win it. If we don't, there are some big question marks. Even if it's a draw, so it's yeah. not must win in terms of like our season is ruined if we don't. But I think it's must win in terms of how we feel about the season. There, uh, worth noting, we will be without Facundo Torres to international duty because MLS is big dum dum for that game. <laughs> that is my Can't official fit. take on the matter. Can't fit international duty into their uh, into their calendar somehow. They can fit League's Cup, but, but they can't you know, fit taking a one week break for international. Well, you know. One would think that if all your best players are leaving for a globally recognized international duty, you might just want to take a break for the week. Yeah. One would think. Might be a good idea. idea. You know, get the rest of the players some rest. Nah. Who are we, right? Who are we? Um, (laughs) Just a bunch of idiots buying a microphone. Is it it just Faku or is Galese going to? I've only heard Faku. Is it just but, like is it just like a, a team who were in the World Cup thing? Because I don't think it's actual competition. I think it's I think it's some FIFA celebration y thingy mabobber. I could be wrong. It, there could be games being played, but Facundo Torres is required for Uruguayan national team activities. Let's look it up. Oh, are Uruguay. you going to edit this, or, or are we going to no. publish no. the time we take this. to look this up? Uruguay National Football Team. Do, 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 Friday, March 24th, they have a game against Japan, and then the okay. 28th, they have a game against South Korea. Okay, so they will be playing games. And both of those teams were in the World Cup. 
right? Yes. Japan, yes, and South Korea. So it that's might be a World Sun Cup from, right? team thing. Yeah, Sunny's on South Korea. Let's see what other friendlies are going Sunny on is in South Korea. Let's be, let's be fair. <laughs> Uh, let's that man see. is like a god in that country. I, I I know you don't follow Spurs, but South there are when um so Spurs did a South Korean tour I think before this season or last season or something. But all of the the uh, the media coverage or the like, showing behind the scenes things it was hilarious because the team's like walking down the street and Sun's just getting mobbed by like fucking Michael Jackson level. <laughs> <laughs> like teenage girls screaming and all that. And then Harry Kane's just walking by, like, oh cool, it's Harry Kane. <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. Um okay, well, Peru will be playing on Saturday, March 25th, and I think Tuesday, March 28th against Germany and Morocco. Okay, so we're losing Glesse for that. I think but so. Mason's good. Mason's good. Yeah, Mason will be fine. So, well, that stinks. Um, it is what it is. Wait, we so we're missing right now. Wait, we're missing Torres for the match on the 18th when he's not playing until the next week. Is he traveling? Apparently. Oh, <sighs> oh, stupid MLS. Whatever. Um. Okay, back to the show. Sorry. Um, we talked about offense. Defense has been better, I think. Better, right? not great. I think that's um, when you look at it at a high level. Has been great. Yes, that's where I'm going. When you look at it at a high level, one goal in four games. Good. And that one goal was a screamer from Durkin. Really good goal. Had some mishaps as well on our end, as we discussed previously. But um, I think Galese is to thank for the one goal in four games. And I think everyone would agree with that. He has had a superb start to the season. Um, so are you worried that maybe the defense isn't as good as it looks and we are just getting bailed out? And no. we have concerns on both offensive and defensive sides of the ball. So Red Bulls didn't have any clear-cut, clear-cut chances. Um, the, the whole defense was really good in that game. Yep. Cincinnati got through a couple times, but uh, we were starting Abdi Salim and, you know, rookie center back and Rodrigo, and Rodrigo Schlegel, who ended up, he was the one that got subbed and Salim played 90 minutes in a shutout. Funny how that works. And then uh, Salim got burned again by Venteki against D.C., and Schlegel didn't have his best game either. Um, and then, of course, we started Santos and Smith instead of Halliday and Petrasso. When it's been the starting four of Schlegel, Janssen, Petrasso, Halliday, they've shut it down pretty well, I think. And once we sub uh, AC back in for Schlegel, in my opinion, especially Halliday, I think had some first game jitters, but has been pretty lights out since then. He did a job. Against, we haven't shouted him out for this, but against Tigres, against Quinones, had him in his back pocket. And yep. it's about goddamn time that we get a legit homegrown starter out of Oscar Pereja. Um, <laughs> Howdy looks to be a Four years of, later. 
a hell of a player, honestly. I think Halliday, AC, Janssen, Petrasso could be a pretty goddamn good shutdown back line. Yep. And we, which... we just haven't seen that combination yet. But even like when it's been, you know, Schlegel instead of AC, it's looked really good. You know, to I and granted Tigres had chances to shut out Tigres and to just shut down Red Bulls entirely. Red Bulls had nothing in 90 minutes. It, it's very impressive what the starting defense has done. And then it's even more impressive what Galese has done. Yeah, I will say Red Bulls did have that one chance one-on-one on the right side of the no, goal. Um, but but that was really it. Was, um, I would say that wasn't even like a big chance. It was a decent chance, but it wasn't like a big chance. I mean, one-on-one with the goalkeeper, 80-something minute. Uh, I would call that a big chance. Galese stood stood big and, and strong and, and saved the goal and, and, and saved the win for us. But I, I agree that other than that, Red Bulls didn't create anything. It's really the three-back system with the backups um, that has been letting in the chances. Um, and, and look, we haven't been terrible. Uh, I went and looked at the stat. Uh, we've conceded four expected goals in three games. So, I mean, that's not terrible when you think about it per match. That's like, what, 1.33 or something like that? Um, yeah, it's, it's not awful. That, yeah, that's definitely not awful. So, uh, it but could I, be I worse. Think, I think Colorado's up to 6.4 expected goals through three matches. Oh. <laughs> yeah, terrible. But I think uh, I think by the end of the season, you could see, assuming we get the, the four in place that we want, barring injury and stupid amount of games and all that right but i think we could see the mls average by the end of the season be under one expected goal per game i don't see where teams are getting through when when ac is playing yeah i mean it'll happen obviously but obviously we will give up some goals that's why i said under one and not you know zero but yeah you know, especially in Araujo's also, and Araujo had, had a, a hell of a game defensively against Tigres as well. Um, him and Cartagena both playing, you know. I don't see where the opposing team's goals are coming from. Um, yeah, when you think about it at like a high level, outside the box shots, you know. Two it's striker systems, of brilliance, you know, stuff like that. The box, yeah. You know, penalties, giveaways in the midfield, giveaways, you know, and you know, that's good for about one a game, hopefully yeah. less, but you know, about that. Every team, yeah, I think we could be one of those teams that just has a shutdown defense, which Preha needs because he doesn't have a lights out offense <laughs> yet, <laughs> yet, right? To be, this is to be, be the year, maybe. Yep. Um, okay, so before we get into the questions, uh, do you have a prediction for the Tigris match on Wednesday? Um, this feels like a nil-nil penalties to me, just how the season's gone and how Orlando City likes to play cup games, or at least does play cup games. Feels like a nil-nil penalties, um, and you know we don't lose in penalties. We do not lose in penalties. 
I'm going to be pessimistic. Uh, I'm going to go with a 3-1 loss. And maybe it goes 1-0 them, 1-1 us. Uh, we're feeling good. We get the dagger 2-1 well, and then 3-1. Notably, if it's 1-1, we do need that extra goal. Yes. Um, so we'll have to push because of the away goals rule, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah. Um, I Look, it would be amazing. It would be so awesome for us to win this. But it is a tall task. Um, and there's no shame in, in losing to Tigres in the first round. So we'll see what happens. That's my prediction, a 3-1 loss at home. Okay, shall Let's we see. get into some questions? Let's do it. All right, we'll just go in order here. Uh, at OCFanTV22, on a scale of 1 to 10, how underrated is Robin Janssen? Four. Four. I think not. Okay, I'll push it up to a five. I'll push it up to a five. I think he is properly rated by people who actually watch MLS and like kind of know what's up. Like all the the national guys seem to actually because he's been in MLS for a while at this point, seem to give him his his due respect as a you know very good defensive center back and elite distribution center back, uh, which is what he is. Um, His only fault is he's average in the air which he used to be bad in the air so that's better than he used to be um and he yells at referee yells at every referee and, imaginable well no that that's um that's a that's a plus that's a positive aspect <laughs> right but no i think let's like, say countless take, yellow cards he receives um yeah honestly, he does lose cool from time to time uh but i think you know most national like take matt doyle for example rate robin Janssen pretty highly I think that most casual fans don't pay attention to other teams' center backs. Yeah, no. So what about within know, the fan base? Do you within think the fan he's base, rated he's very, appropriately? He's very beloved. Um, I think so. I too. think people incorrectly sometimes rate him above AC. AC is a better player when healthy. He's just not healthy all the time. Yeah. Um, so I think I think Janssen is mostly appropriately rated. I think that's fair. Um, I'll agree with that. Uh, at Tommy CTID, at what point, if there can ever, if there can even be a specific point, do you think the attack will begin to fire effectively? I'll start on this one. I I agree with you um, with your point in quotation marks uh, that, or sorry, in parentheses, I'm literally an idiot. Um, that there, there really isn't a specific point that the, the attack will begin to fire effectively. Like, I maybe we could look at five or six games of starting together um, and not having the CCL schedule in there. Um, but there's always going to be midweek games in rotation. Like, there is no such thing as getting to the one match per week. Um schedule really not this season anyways it's and really not ever it's a very kind of like it happens rarely and when it does yeah you take advantage of it and you play the same team each time and you know you don't have to rotate that much which is nice but that's not that's not the um that's not the scenario we have unfortunately 
So I don't think there's really a specific point, but I think we need to see the attack start together, you know, four or five games to really properly judge. Um, because I think, well, I know Oscar Pereja's attack really depends on individual quality of the attackers. That's how we're, we're going to get a lot of our goals. Yeah, pressing will get us goals sometimes. Um, but really, a lot of our goals are individual quality when you get around the box, taking the shot and making it. So I, I think we got to see see the attack first um, to say that they're going to fire effectively. And even that, we don't know if that will ever be the case um, under Oscar Pereja. Thoughts? Yeah, it's going to take a bit. Um, it honestly depends on Wednesday night. If we lose to Tigres, then we have an opportunity to play a few less games midweek. Um, if we beat Tigres, then all bets are off as far as that CCL run because it opens there. If you look at like the club values, Tigres are first by country mile. Let me see. I actually have their transfer mark. Um, yeah, they're at 70 million euros. I don't think another team is above 60. Um, they're massive. And if we are able to take out Tigres, then we're in that second tier of team value that, and we're the ones that knocked them out. We become one of the favorites in the competition. Yep. I mean, we still have a hard road to get to the final. I think we yeah. would go through Monterey next, right? If they go through, I'm not sure. I'm not. Looking I think at the bracket. Uh, let me pull up the bracket. I'm pretty sure we have the winner of the Monterey uh, Pachuca. Um, and neither one of those teams are walk, but they're not as good as Tigres. Oh, not Monterey. Sorry. Um. Oh, I did the bad thing. I clicked on it. Um, who is that? Pachuca and some other team. A blue circle. I can't I'm see not it. looking at it. <laughs> uh, do I have to pull M- up? Matagua. Matagua and Pachuca. So Pachuca is in Mexico. Matagua is Honduras. And I believe no. neither one they of those tied. No, neither one of them are. But I believe they tied in their... Yeah, 0-0... Zero, zero. Yeah. In Honduras. So Matagua would have to go to Mexico. A and very interesting tie. situation is what's happening with Violette and Austin. Right. Who Violette might have to forfeit because of U.S. Uh, visa laws. But is, if they play, well, they they only have 10 players approved as of this minute right now. I thought they had 12. And, they only have 10? Wow. 10 and two coaches. Wow. However, if they were able to field a team, I feel like a 3-0 loss is unlikely. Or it would need to be 4-0, actually. Austin would need to win would need to win by four. It is doable at home. Ten men. I, I mean they're I, gonna be going all out. If if Violette can field a team, I think they have a strong chance to advance. Yeah. It's definitely um, doable. And then so, Philly, Philly and Alianza are or Alianza are tied, and that is not Alianza Peru. 
That is Alianza out of somewhere. Haiti, right? Hey, is it Haiti? No. Alianza FC. Hey. We clearly no, don't know um, a lot about CONCACAF. Yeah, so Haiti. SLV, El Salvador, right? Yeah. So if they were able to knock out Philly, and let's just say Montigua, however you say that, knocks out Pachuca, then that that becomes a very favorable competition to us winning CCL potentially. So back to what we were talking about for this question was when is the attack going to gel? (laughs) <laughs> it really depends on if we're going for CCL or not. If we're going for CCL, MLS is going to take a back burner. We're not going to see that starting lineup in MLS anytime soon. That's just how it's going to be. Uh, if we get knocked out of CCL, we're going to see a, a focus on getting those points back in MLS. And you could see that happen in the next three or four games where we start scoring more goals. Yeah, I think we have yet to figure out the best tactics and shape necessarily. Uh, like w- uh, last year during the Red Bulls game, when we started playing Pato at 10, it kind of unlocked and like, oh, this looks really good. There are Oscar Preha teams that look good attacking. It's just not every Oscar Preha team. And he right. really needs to kind of fiddle and figure out what the right combination of players and tactics is. But when it works, his teams can be, A, very tough to beat because they're tough to score against, and B, tough to beat because they can score at times. I mean, we got, uh, when when we played against Oscar Preha as Dallas's coach, he kicked our ass, I think, twice, like, handily. So, yeah. You know, I, could, I just... Could be soon, could be never. <laughs> yeah it, it could be never like if we don't have to go through this exercise now but i almost feel like without squad status there's every chance that like the best team available doesn't include like one or two of our favorites somewhere you know it may be just because it doesn't work i'm not sure which maybe. ones but like you know maybe we we miss out I'm on um terrified that it's marie Superer. That's what I was thinking. Like maybe it's a Pereira who misses out in the midfield and that just doesn't work for our attack anymore. There is one, I'll I'll call it wild card spot that I think is up for competition. I think the contenders are Ivan Angulo, Gaston Gonzalez, and Dagradan Thralson. And I'll I'll throw Vildor Kachahan in there too. In terms of... That's the spot that's not nailed down currently. It belongs to Yvonne Angulo. Um, that like fifth man. That fifth man who's like mostly att- like attack or midfield, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really that spot is what's going to change the shape, and what's going to de- who wins that spot is going to determine how we play. If it's say Dogger Dodd, we're going to be very midfield possession heavy, and we're going to be trying to get a lot of a lot of like final balls and service into um, into our wingers and strikers. If it's Vildor Cartagena, we're just going to be bullying people in midfield and going with those double sixes and just midfield press and getting a lot of turnovers. If it's Gaston Gonzalez, we're going to be more direct and going down that flank more and having 
say Ojeda and Torres crash in the box and hit and Gaston trying to provide service for them. If it's in Ivan Angulo, I can see us going more possession based, almost tiki taka in um in the final third. It sounds very horses for courses. Yeah. So it gives us options and it also means that it might take a little bit of time to figure out what the best play is there. Oh yeah, it definitely will. I mean, it took us to semifinals. What what you just said for last season, it took till the semifinals of the Open Cup last year, um, which I think was in June or July, um, to find out that Pato and Takimen worked well for us. Not a quick process. No, unfortunately. So and also, okay. there's an open competition striker. Yeah, there's there's a lot of moving pieces right now. We don't have that continuity that some teams need, or that that team all teams need really to have a good attack. Uh, let's move on. Brian at Brian Roberts 252 says, how with no losses and a clean sheet away at a powerhouse Mexican club while rotating because we have arguably our biggest match ever. Are people still bitching? Why, Adam? Why are people still bitching? B-Rob knows what's up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, like, I mean, our, half our content is complaining, but we, we do analytical complaining here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what much more we could have expected. Maybe seven points instead of five, but like, shit, man. Um, to get even that Philly, even Tigres, Philly are struggling. Yeah, to get that draw against Tigres is makes. If we had only the three from from the Red Bulls game, still would be worth it. To to have a shot to take down Tigres, I I don't think some people realize just how massive that is. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, so huge. No, like, I, I I agree with Brian. Like, there's not really much. Other than the obviously the lack of goals is concerning, but no, we don't have much to be bitching about right now, especially this early in the season. You know, it we say this every year, it's going to take some time, it takes time for every team. Only really St. Louis, I know, has come out <laughs> just on fire. Everyone else has dropped points so far. Every Look, other team except St. Louis. Every every team, or not every team, but each season there's a team that yeah. starts like mad. And it's like, how the heck did they do that? What what did they do that we didn't that just worked? And it's like they got lucky. Yeah. Sometimes just things work in your favor. Um the ball falls your way, which it certainly did for St. Louis. I mean, if you think about it, if Kip Keller doesn't have that terrible back pass again and against oh, Austin yeah. um, for that first match, like, do they go on to win the other two matches? You know, that that's the sort of thing that can that can help build momentum. That so that results. That's sort of another thing. thing. So the, you highlighted some stats earlier in the podcast about how just how poor our attack has been. It's been very poor. Does anyone actually believe that's going to continue being dead last by that margin with this collection of talent? No, it's shouldn't regression to the mean. It almost no matter what players out there almost takes that out, let alone, you know, having potentially like a $15 million attack out there. So it's going to be all right. 
And if it's not, then everyone's going to get fired. Yeah, there we go. So, <laughs> so it's going to be all right. No matter what, Brian, people are going to bitch. We could win 5-0 and people would complain it wasn't 6. That sort of stuff. Um, Noki at MTBH12. I haven't heard anything about Enrique. Is he good to go? He's not on the injury report. So unless Orlando City is breaking MLS rules and regulations, he's good to go. All right. It's They also say it seems CCL actually hinders progress to teams trying to balance games from both in a week. Do you think for us it is wise to pursue, given our path is one of the toughest? It is wise for us to pursue because it's the biggest competition we can possibly win as a club. Um this season and um, for many seasons. I think we have almost a responsibility to pursue winning the competition. Especially Um, after doing, you know, the first job. It's, it's almost required to take this competition seriously. It's like you get to the continental continental competition it is very hard to to qualify for it. You have to win a trophy or you have to finish, I think, what, top two in MLS? Yes. So second place in and MLS gets it second, and then Supporter Shield, the MLS East Cup, and West. Open Cup, Police Cup. Yeah. Like, it's very, very You have difficult. to win. You have to win. And then, you know, then you, you go into the competition and you have to take it seriously. Could you... Could you imagine the bitching, Brian, if we didn't take this competition seriously? <laughs> oh my god, if we just like threw out the rotated lineup against Tigres and lost 6 0. Yeah, like come on now. This is Salim versus GNAC. <laughs> this isn't the open cup, y'all. But we're gonna take this serious. Um we have we really have a responsibility to, even if we didn't want to, we have to. And after but you we get want the to. away draw against Tigres, I mean if you're not going balls to all, if you can't get up for this game, you have no business in any competition, not just soccer, in doing anything competitive in your life if you can't get up for this game. Yeah. So long story short, it is wise for us to pursue CCL. Give, even if our path is we got the harder side of the bracket. Just on our side of the bracket, we have... um. Austin, Violette, Club Leon, whoever Club Leon are playing against, but they'll probably go through because they're Club Leon. Uh, Taro out of Panama, um, us in Tigres, and then Pachuca and um, Matagua. Definitely the harder side of the bracket. So, And if we manage to come out from that side of the bracket, that's glory right there. I mean, we'd almost have to be the favorites, right? Like, yeah, you get through if, all of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if we beat Tigres, we're the favorites on this side. It's like us and Pachuca because Austin, unless they get through on a technicality, who got in on a technicality, by the way. Um, yeah, Austin's not probably not going to go through, so it'd be us and Pachuca would be the favorites. Yeah. All right, let's keep us rolling here. Sean Edmondson at So Don't Be Fooled. The production that we need from Kara, or will we get it somewhere else? The lack of chemistry in the... Oh, these are topics for us to talk through. Okay. 
a production that we need from Kara or will we get it from somewhere else? I think we kind of touched on that. Um, we kind of said if he doesn't start on on Wednesday, that kind of tells us where Kara is at in the pecking order. Um, so I think that that's where we're going to be looking. And then if it's Kara, we'll talk about the production we need from him. We we really need movement and pressing and hold up and goals because um, goals are his strong suit. And if it's not Kara, then we will get it from somewhere else. Kara, um, Enrique, Enrique or McGuire. Uh, lack of chemistry and attack. We talked about that. And then thoughts on the progression of Halliday. I know you brought him up. Uh, anything specific, more specific about Halliday, Adam? He has impressed me as a defender, which is not something I've necessarily said in the past. But he's been rock solid at staying in between the ball and the goal, at moving to to cover switches, at staying in line with the rest of the defense. I think he's been incredibly um professional i'll say about it and something you don't generally see from young players that are playing that aware on defense and look like they're no they know what they're doing so much and i think that's been very impressive and he's also been pretty good going in tech we've seen some of the games he played last year two years ago he would almost be ignored by the other players in attack because they didn't trust him to do the right thing that's not happening this year. He's trusted to make the right pass, to make the right run, to be where he's supposed to be. And he's he's got some wheels on him. So I've been very impressed with Mikey Halliday. He is fully part of the team. Like 100%. He's part of the team. So um, I agree. He showed signs last season, I thought, of, of being good, but they – Clearly within the club, they they saw a massive improvement enough for him to be a starter, and he's doing well so far. Uh, so well done to the young kid. Uh, at Apopka Joe, although Maurizio is a year older, how much longer will we wait until he heads back forward a bit and provides the service our front line requires? Uh, it's an option. I don't know that it's the best option because it really hasn't worked for us in the past. Um, but you know what? What if we want to play a super disruptive midfield and play Adarujo, Cartagena, Pereira, and then at which point Pereira would be a ten? Um, you know, who knows? That's the game state. I don't think we will see that other than in specialized game situations, uh, like maybe if we need to. Which I think Pereira is getting subbed out in this situation anyway. But maybe if we need to like kill off a game, we'll see Adarujo and Cartagena play together. Um, but here's the thing: I don't think we see much of that. Yeah, here's the thing, and we talked about it earlier. Pereira passes the ball into the final third. When he gets there, he's. I mean. He's not amazing at that final ball. He can do it, right? And he's probably the best on the team at it, but he's not like Stone Cold Killer. Every match, he's going to have that final ball sort of thing. He's not like a Carlos Hill type player. Right. He's more the facilitating getting the ball to the final third. And so I think it's better at this point in his career to have him deeper 
because we need more movement in the final third, and he doesn't provide that movement. And so yeah, I think that's why we've been more of a midfielder than an attacker. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think we see him move up unless, like what Adam said, we want a more Cartagena Artu, Araujo um, double pivot for a very, very defensive setup. That sort of thing. Um, already read Misael's questions. Alex at Fresco Esco. How do you think Orlando City will come out against Tigres at home? Aggressive or patient? That's a good question. That is a good question. Now, there are merits to both sides of that argument. Now, we, we just brought up the Arujo Cartagena pivot, and we were like, oh, that'll never happen. I wonder <laughs> if this is the one game where it should happen. You know, Maybe. try and, and bolt because uh, Cartagena A has Liga, Liga MX experience. B has looked really good in every game he's played this season. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we just try and bully them in midfield and get some turnovers and maybe don't have to risk it as much going forward early and maybe start out more patient. The other side of that coin is we start the same lineup that we've been starting for CCL and uh, in the first game um, or with Enrique. We'll, we'll say, let's say the, the Enrique starting lineup. And we just say, we come out hair on fire, try and punch him in the mouth and get that goal early while they're like kind of settling into the game. I think that might be the route that I would go just because in, say, like the first 15 minutes of halves are generally more vulnerable. And we, being the weaker side, need more chaos to have a better chance. So I think we may try to induce some chaos ourselves. And because it's the chaos that we induce, we're more prepared for it and are maybe better able to take advantage of it. I will say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Pareja tries to be aggressive early in big matches. We definitely have seen that. I remember on the road against Atlanta... But we have seen it. Yeah, I, I remember on the road against Atlanta one year, we started off really, really strong. Um, I think it was one of those games that we just had never beaten Atlanta at that point. And he, he went aggressive. He didn't go play defensively. Um, I think in... I mean, there are times where Pereja really likes to start strong. And I want... You know, every coach says let's start strong let's be aggressive let's not concede let's go score early blah blah but like i wonder if the message will be first 10 15 minutes let's try and let's try and punch them let's try and ding them and then we'll go from there um that might be the right mentality to start the game instead of starting afraid just from a from a mental standpoint I'd rather us go into the game trying to be on the front foot and be aggressive than to almost wait for them to to inflict the um, the damage that many expect them to, including so myself. Here's the thing, and I think we've settled on it's probably best to be aggressive here, um, 
but either strategy is defensible. We need to score at least one goal to advance. Well, we could we could go nil nil to penalties um, to penalties, but obviously we're not planning on that. Um, t- that that is not what a team that thinks they can win this competition is planning on doing. So we're going to need to score at least one goal, and we're going to need to win the game. I don't think we can come out conservative and say, or, or I don't think that with that knowledge we can come out conservative. Just be, we're going to need to find a way to at least control some of the match and be the protagonist, as Preha loves to say. And that's going to have to be creating chaos on our terms and showing up to the big match in the big moment. And here's another thing. A 1-1 draw, a 2-2 draw, is the same as losing 8-0. So there's almost, uh, I'm not going to say no risk, because obviously we could lose and be knocked out of the competition. But there's less risk than in a traditional league match where, say, goal differential matters or we're getting a draw matters in, you know, just kind of going for it and being more aggressive and trying to punch them in the mouth. Yeah. Because if we can get that first goal and then play on the counter, that really works in our favor, especially without Geniac on their side. It's a good point. You bring up good points. I agree. Let's be aggressive. Just makes the most sense. Um. Yeah, so I think how do how do we how do we think we'll come out? I think we'll come out aggressive as well. To answer the question of what we actually think we'll do, do you think we'll be yes. aggressive? Yes. Pereja might be conservative sometimes, but he's not scared. He's not a scared coach. No, yeah. And he like I said, he does tend to come out in these big games pretty aggressive. So um all right, final question question at Jimmy underscore SLC. Is Pareja's defensive style of play negatively impacting our DPs, not just in limited touches, but mentally as well? Faku now seems disinterested to me. I would think Pareja's style does not exactly showcase your talents to the world. I think Arsenal would disagree. I think that the new contract that Fabrizio Romano reported and Tom Broger reported that Faku just signed would disagree. Um, I mean, yeah, I, is I the can most see what... flashy attacking style? No, it's not. Is it bad for Facundo Torres? Also, no. And Faku and Ojeda played one game together, and that is not a sample size we can go off of. And, you know, we've just seen Carr just isn't a fit for the system. And so I, I don't think we have the sample size to go off of this season to say, Oscar Pereja is bad for our DPs. That's a that's a silly statement to me. Yeah, I mean, we can say Oscar Pereja is not great for our offense, um, but our DPs specifically, I mean, even Kara did pretty decent in his first season. Um, not amazing, but he got, what, 11 goals last year? Yeah, he got double-digit goals in a system that did not fit him with poor service. Yeah, the system relies on attacking quality from our DPs, basically. Um, I I get what you're saying, though, Jimmy. I mean, I don't think Faku... I, 
I mean, I've been watching the DC game as we've been chatting here. I've been rewatching it. He doesn't look disinterested to me. I mean, he looked frustrated once or twice when he didn't get a pass or, you know, one of his passes didn't come off. But I'm not really seeing the disinterested part. Um, so I, I don't I don't know about that one um, personally, but I, I do see what you're where you're coming from on the on the negatively impacting our DPs. I mean, yeah, it, at some point it negatively impacts them because we're not like all out attack, right? I'm sure they would love to play in a system where they are the main focus, but they're not. So like it is what it is. They'll be fine. We'll be fine. All right. That is all the questions. Um, anything else from you, Adam? I'm uh, looking forward to Wednesday night. Uh, we're going to be in the wall together. Yep. It's going to be a good time. Very excited. And uh, hopefully we come out with a dub. That would be insane. Uh, a night to remember. Should we uh, Should we uh, beat Tigres in the lion's den? All right. Uh, where can our listeners find you at? You can find me on Twitter at uh, Kosher Taco Truck. And you can find the food truck Twitter at Cappy's Food Truck. And it looks like... We might have one more broken strings date on April 1st. I'm not sure who that's against, but um, working that out right now. And uh, stay tuned for more food truck news. I want to say that's the Nashville game. It is home against Nashville. So maybe we could do some sort of like barbecue. If y'all are really good, I might bring back that hot chicken sandwich I did last (gasps) week. Please be good, everybody. Please. I'm still mad I missed your uh um your opening day specials. Yeah. Well I will um I will have to make them again at some point when uh, a certain someone comes to visit. That certain someone will remain anonymous. But yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um okay, awesome. Well thank you so much, Adam. We went a little bit longer than I wanted to, but we always do that. Um yeah, that's how I do. and I will see you on Wednesday. See you Wednesday. Vamos. Vamos. Chance!